them over your children's life, amen? If you own a business, start declaring that business blessed in the name of Jesus, amen? Declare that business to be flourishing. I had a friend, and I've shared this testimony before, but my girlfriend was a waitress in, in, in Milwaukee at the time, and it was this cool little Italian restaurant in the Fourth Ward. It was uh, Angie Cicero, and uh, every time she was on shift, she would walk in and she'd say, God, I don't care what the other shifts look like. My shift's going to be favored in Jesus' name. You're going to cause customers to walk in on my shift, and they're going to bless me, and I'm going to walk in your favor. Every time that chick was on duty, the place had a waiting list. And all the other people who, who were waiters or waitresses there said, I want to work when Angie works. Because whenever she works, it seems like there's customers everywhere, right? Expect that kind of favor. It doesn't matter what your situation looks like. You're a child of the king, amen? You're a daughter and a son of the great I am. And wherever you go, the favor of the Lord should be chasing you down. Amen. The Bible says that favor surrounds me as with a shield. And I don't care what man has to say about me. I don't care what the circumstance has to say. All I need to know is what does my daddy God have to say about me? You're going to bring people to me. You're going to attract people to me. You're going to want people to bless me. People are going to chase me down, Father God. Amen. That's the kind of expectation, not based and how you feel about yourself, but man, face how you know God is living inside of you, amen? You have God living in you, and God wants to bless you because his identity is in your DNA, amen? So favor, promotion comes from the Lord. Your situation is gonna change because God is on your side, amen? Many of us are carrying the yokes and the heavy bondages of life circumstances, and maybe there's some repetitive behaviors in your life that you found yourself where you're at once again. Has anybody ever been on that horrible merry-go-round? And you wonder, am I ever going to get off of it? I was always that girl that would go to the park, and I don't even know if they have them at the park anymore, but all of you who are a certain age might remember. Remember that thing that was circular and it had the bars on it? And somebody would stand on the side and they'd just be doing this the whole time. How many remember that? And were you the crazy kid that was on it? I'm not the one that only sat on it and hung off like a maniac, but I was the crazy one that got in the middle. Did anybody ever get in the middle? And I'm like, okay, spin me, right? Spin me right round. And they spin me and spin me, but Sometimes in this merry-go-round around of life, we've got to say, I'm getting off this crazy ride. I'm not going to repeat what I repeated last year. I'm not going to make the silly decisions that I made last year. I'm going to make godly decisions and expect the favor of God. Amen? And maybe there's some generational behaviors that you find yourself responding to. Jesus broke the yoke of generational curses. You are not responding to your family's pattern of life, how daddy was angry or mom was crazy or didn't manage finances. No, none of that matters in the grand scheme of God's favor. Amen? God's favor is because of what Jesus did on the cross. Amen? And maybe you need healing. Maybe you need deliverances. Maybe you need some joy. Maybe you need a court situation shifted around. It's time to get out of our flesh and handling in the flesh and start inviting the Holy Spirit in that situation. Invite God to be the partner of what you're going through, and you watch God make a way of escape. Amen? So the first thing I want to share with you tonight is number one, God wants you to experience super natural promotion. 
I'm not talking about natural promotion. I don't need my bill just paid. I need the bill paid and some money in the savings account. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I don't need just my boss to pat me on the back and say, good job. No, I need my boss to say, I'm going to give you a little bonus because you've been so faithful. You've been working so hard. You need something in the supernatural to be released over your life. Amen. If you're in a situation and there's a ton of people in line, I prayed this before. You know what, God? Somehow you're going to put my file on the top of that desk. Whoever needs to find my application or whatever favor I need, my application is going to be on the top of the list when that person comes to their desk in the morning. Do you think God can't supernaturally move things around? The God who stops the sun from shining? The God who stops the world from moving for 24 hours? You think God can't make a way in the situation you need? them to move in we need some supernatural move of god amen maybe your boss hates you then you start declaring god that boss is going to love me and promote me just like you moved on pharaoh's heart to pull the children out of israel and he was mad after he did it you're going to give me favor with my crazy boss they're going to promote me they're going to give me a bonus whatever it takes god why because i have the favor of god in my life Start declaring supernatural favor. Let's get out of this natural mentality that you got to figure things out in the flesh. No, we serve an almighty God. Let's start inviting the supernatural, miraculous move of God. Amen? I, Quinny mumbled something to me. I don't know what it was. And I thought she said, I found $20. And I was like, yes, thank you, Jesus. She didn't. But I thought that's what she said. But that's the kind of favor, man. You could be walking in the street and God will just have an angel put a $20 bill in front of you. Why? Because we serve a supernatural God. You may have applied for a job a year ago and God says, but it's time now. So I'm going to put in the heart of that person who needs to recognize you. They're going to wake up in the middle of the night and your name's going to be on their mind and in their hearts. You think God's not able of doing that? God can reroute every situation when you trust him for the supernatural. Amen. We're going into a year that it's time for the supernatural. It's time for the miraculous to take place. We need some stories that can say only God could have done that in my life. Only God could have doubled my eyes. IRS payment when it got in my bank account. I don't know how it happened. I'm not even going to ask questions, but say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. You tell I'm excited. Let's get excited. We serve an almighty God. Let's not limit him. The only one who limited God was the children of Israel. When they were told to go into the promised land with everything that was bigger than they ever dreamed or imagined, and they limited God with their murmuring and their complaining and their unbelief. It's time to zip the lip, amen? It's time to do shutty-shutty to our murmuring, our complaining, and our frustration, and calling every brother or whatever. No, I'm going to talk to Jesus. I'm going to talk to the one who can make a difference. I'm going to speak life to the supernatural and stand back and watch what God will do. Amen? I'm going to expect God to move in my life. I'm expecting that in this season. God's going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could think, dream, or imagine. How many has ever been, you know, when you were younger or whatever, and you were maybe, you know, in front of the mirror? Remember when you were younger, you'd, you know, you'd be in front of the mirror. Did you all do that? <laughs> Was I the only crazy fool that I, I caught my brother doing, and I know you guys do it too, but you may be singing in the mirror, right? Or maybe you're doing whatever in the mirror, or I was preaching in the mirror. Think about the thing that you imagined the biggest place of your life. And God says, but I can trump that. 
I can do bigger than that. Go ahead and dream a little higher. Go ahead and believe a little bit bigger because I'm God and I see more for you than you could ever think, dream, or even pretend in your imagination. Amen. It's time to be in your car and start saying, I am the faith. Promote me. I'm not moving in my flesh or what I feel about myself, but I'm going to move in who God says that I am. Amen. And I'm the king's kid. And his favor surrounds me as with a shield. People want to bless me. They want to give me the best seats. They want to promote me. I don't know what you need, but it's time to believe God for supernatural promotion. Amen. And we can see in the Old Testament that you know the story of Joseph. And Joseph found supernatural promotion from God in every area of his life. And sometimes as believers, or maybe as humans, we think when we are set up for favor is when the situation looks good. And that's true, too. You've worked hard. Maybe you've deserved this promotion or whatever it is. But what about when you find yourself in the pit? What about when you've got favor on you, but somebody's jealous of you and speaks against you, and somebody believes them, right? And now your name is spoken evil of. What about in those moments where life doesn't look like there's promotion? What do you do? God says, I'll promote you even in the pit. And that's what we found with Joseph. It doesn't matter what your situation looks like. If you've got God on your side, he wants to pull you out of that situation that you find yourself in. And if you look at Genesis 39, verse 21 through 23, it says this, but, but the Lord was with Joseph. Who was with Joseph? The Lord, no matter where you're at today, you may be in an ugly situation. It doesn't matter why, because the Lord is with Barb Pruitt. I don't care what the church looks like. The Lord is with Faith Builders Church, Arizona. Amen. I don't care what my child looks like. The Lord is with my child. The Lord is with my crazy boss. I don't have to control it. I don't have to fix it. The Lord is on my side. But the Lord was with Joseph, and what did the Lord do? He showed him mercy. Maybe you find yourself in the pit today. Maybe you find yourself wondering what your situation looks like. God is going to give you mercy. He's going to give you supernatural grace to get through whatever situation you find yourself in. So the Lord gave him mercy, and what? Showed him mercy and gave him what? Favor. Now, what happened? He was thrown in the pit by his brothers. He was lied that he was murdered, and they sent the bloody jacket back to his father. So he, his father thinks that he's dead. Nobody's coming to rescue him. He was sold to the Egyptians. He was brought off into slavery, and he's probably going, what did I do? I just declared favor in my life, and, or my dad declared favor in my life, and now I found myself in all these trials and situations. How is God going to get me out of this mess? But if you study the journey of David, Joseph, I mean, you study his journey, never once is it recorded in Scripture that he complained. Not once. He found himself in the pit, and God put mercy on Benjamin, his brother. He said, let's not really kill him. Let's just pretend we did, right? I mean, does that make it any better? Thank you, Jesus. But then he was sold off. And he said, let's just sell him into slavery. He went through all these things, but he never complained. He trusted in the Lord who was on his side. See, sometimes life will find you in the pit, but God is there. He says, I've never left you. I've never forsaken you. I've never abandoned you. You may feel far away from me, but I'm right there by your side. 
But the Lord gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the what? Oh, favor in the sight of the keeper of the what? Prison. Where was Joseph at when God gave him favor? In prison. In captivity. Far away from where he thought he should be. Far away from a place of escape in his life. But the Lord was with him. Wherever you're at, God can give you favor to the person that you need favor from in your prison situation. In the place that you feel held captive of, God will show you mercy and give you favor. And so what happened? Even in prison, right, the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. He walked in so much favor because he didn't complain. I don't know, maybe he did his job well in prison. I'm sure there was jobs and duties they needed to do. And because of it, the keeper said, I'm not even going to mind your business, Joseph. I'm going to let you do what you want to do. If there's 30 prisoners, you do what you want with the prisoners. Can you imagine having that kind of power in prison? That's favor. He was given an authority role, even locked up in prison. Not where he wanted to be, but where he found himself at. God will give you favor where you find yourself at right now. And we know promotion came, and he ended up being second in command, and we know the end of the story, but we're not at the end of our story yet, are we? We're not at the place of victory. We're still in the pit. We're still working for that crazy job that we have, but the Lord is still on my side. I don't have to worry about what man wants to do. My promotion does not come from man. It comes from the Lord. And when God shows ready to show mercy and favor me, he knows where to find me. Amen? He knows where to knock on my door. So he had all this favor. And it goes on to say in verse 22, and the warden of the prison committed to Joseph. Oh, I'm sorry. That was just a a different translation. I'll read it in the Amplified. And the warden of the prison committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in prison, and whatsoever was done there, he was in charge of it. What a wonderful place to be, amen? If you find yourself in a place that you don't understand, declare the favor of God. Amen. And God will make a way. The second thing that we find in this story, number one, supernatural Promotion comes from the Lord. Number two says this, promotion comes through humility. Humility. Because what happens is when we find ourselves in the pit, it's a very vulnerable place to be. We lose our job. Our children do something crazy that just embarrasses us and shocks us. We go through something in life that causes shame and embarrassment and betrayal. And what happens is we want to make sure everybody thinks we're okay. So we enter into pride to put on this feeling of like, I'm good. Life is okay. I deserve this. Why would they take that away from me? We get a defense mechanism. And what does that do? It destroys the favor of God in our life. And not only that, you'll destroy the favor of man if you had any hopes of it. Because we've gotten in the emotions of the flesh and we're handling things in our emotion and frustration instead of stepping back and say, I'm going to show the humility of Christ in my vulnerable, embarrassing situation. Amen? Humility is where God comes and blesses us with favor. And humility is hard because we want to prove to everybody that we're okay. And it's hard to humble ourselves. But the Bible says, humble yourself 
in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. See, God is looking for us to quit worrying about vindicating ourselves, quit worrying about trying to prove yourself, quit worrying about to say it's everybody's fault and it's this and it's that. No, humble yourself in the sight of God. I need you, God. I repent if I need to repent. I release all my pride and frustration to you, and I receive the favor to get me out of this situation that I'm in. Job 22, 29, which we know Job lost it all. And Job 22, 29 says this, when men are cast down, when you've been defeated, when you're discouraged, when life has been taken away from you, when you are cast down, then thou shalt say, there is a lifting up or exaltation will come. When I'm down, I'm going to decree on my way to work. There's a lifting coming up. God's going to exalt me. God's going to promote me even though I'm down. And he shall save the humble person. Who is he going to save? The humble person. I'm down in the pit right now. I'm frustrated. I want to quit. I'm growing weary. I'm disgusted. I want to throw in the towel. But God says, if you want favor, you humble yourself. It means we don't move in pride. Amen. I looked up the word humble, and it meant so many awesome things. And I'm going to say them really slow if you want to write them down, if you need some humility. Maybe you'll just catch on to one that you go, ah. That's the part of humility I need. One thing, though, at the end when you come to being really humble and processing these emotions, the end of it means peace with yourself and with others. So if you are tormented and you're frustrated and you're angry and you're handling in yourself, you have not humbled yourself. You are still trying to manage the situation in your flesh and emotions instead of truly surrendering to the Lord. Has anybody ever been there before? It is so hard to let go and let God. And it does take a minute. It's, you know, we have that minute of, of explosion and frustration, but we've got to reel it in. And if God, if I'm in this situation and I'm beat down, I have to go, but wait a minute, there's a lifting up coming. My God is still on my side. My God has not forgotten me or forsaken me. I'm expecting a lifting out of this situation. And God's going to let me shine when it's over, and God's going to be given the glory when it's done. Amen? But it's going to come through the humble person. It also means that you're content with simplicity. It means that, this, listen, if the situation never changes, you're okay. Can you get to that place? Can you get to if God never vindicates me, if God never promotes me, if it never changes, I'm okay with God. I remember when I, you've heard a little bit of my story when I ended up at that church in Mesa. And at, when I landed over there, I had been the executive pastor at my dad's church. I had run the entire ministry. We had a church about almost 1,500 at that time, a very large church. I had run the children's ministry. I had run the youth ministry. I mean, I was kind of the cognitive wheel that kept things rolling at the church. I was a pastor. I was ordained, had lots of fruit in my life and experience, traveled with missionary work. And I go to this church, and, they, and God puts me in as a youth pastor. You know my story. And they put me in a cubicle. I no more beautiful office, no executive office. Little, I had beautiful windows. What the, my office was so pretty, wasn't it? Oh, the office wing was so gorgeous. Trees, green grass. And they put me in this little cubicle that I faced like the corner bar. And they said, and you're not going to be called pastor, and you're not going to pray at the altars. 
because they had been wounded. And so they were really terrified of someone coming in. I understood that. But I, re- I remember sitting there going, don't they know who I am? Don't they know who I am? I've done this. I've done that. I, I've done more than this, you know, my boss that's over me than that joker. You know, I've done a lot more in my life than he's done. And I had. But guess what God was wanting to do? Humble my butt. He was trying to get out the pride that I didn't realize was there. I didn't realize I had that arrogancy. I thought I was really doing everything for the glory of God until God took it all away and says, you're not going to have any of it. And you're going to look at a metal rack for the next few years. And you know what? I, I went to the Lord and I said, you know what, God? If I never pray at another altar, if I'm never acknowledged as a pastor, I'm okay. I'm happy in my life. I choose to be happy. It's my passion, and I love it so much, but if I never do it again, I'm okay. And guess what? Favor hit me in that church. I mean, I had incredible, ridiculous, crazy favor. But what did God want to do? He wanted to humble my butt. He wanted to get that pride out of me. Will you serve me? Will you love me? Will you be faithful to me even when you don't see me? And that's challenging, isn't it? So if you go over to the word humble, it means teachable. Situations that we find us in is a teacher. What can we learn from the pit that we're in? What did we maybe do wrong that got us there? And I know we're so quick to want to blame everybody else, and maybe there is some justifying there, but let's take some personal responsibility from situations in our life, amen? What can I learn from it? What could I do differently in this situation that got me here? I'm going to take note and never do that again, because I don't like the pit. I don't want to be here again, amen? I was in debt before, crazy debt. And once I got out of it and God blessed me and I did some sacrifices, I, did, I don't go back into debt again because I learned how awful that pit is and how it strangles the life out of you, amen? So it's teachable. Um, it's, uh, the word humble means patient. We hate to be patient, don't we? Oh, I want out of this right now, God. You know, you get this revelation, I'm going to get out of debt or whatever. I'm going to change my eating habits, you know. And like I told you Sunday, those frozen Snickers that are just sitting in the, you know. I didn't throw them away yet, by the way. I haven't declared my health until Monday, so I'm going to eat them all up till they're gone. Hey, it's my life. Leave me alone. (laughs) So we need to learn to be patient. Maybe God isn't doing it when we thought he should. Take a deep breath, declare the favor of God, trust him in the process. It also means to be grateful. Guess what else it means? It means slow to be offended. When we're in the pit, it is so easy to get offended at people. Why? Because you see promotion, you see their life blessed, and you're not. And now the accuser of the brethren comes in, and the offender comes for whatever way that he can come in to separate friendships, separate you from the will of God and the fellowship of Christians. Amen. But if you're humble and some joker tries to rub it in my face, I'm going to take a deep breath. And I'm going to say, God, sick him. That's my favorite thing. God, sick him. You go get him for hurting my heart, right? But we're slow to be offended. But if you're offended by every situation, they overlooked me, they didn't promote me, they didn't speak to me, whatever it is, there is some lack of humility in your heart. Because when you are fully humble to God, you learn to go, oh, it's okay. Or you learn to go, oh, they didn't mean to, or they would never do that normally. See, when you're in a good frame of mind, now you can put yourself in their shoes and go, that wouldn't be normally how they would treat me. So right now, maybe I'm a little ultra sensitive. 
Maybe now I'm a little raw. If they'd have done that to me before I was in the pit, maybe I wouldn't have reacted so intensely. Amen? So you're slow to be offended. You're quick to forgive. They go hand in hand. When you're humble, you celebrate others. Have you ever been in a place where someone got that promotion or got that favor or got married or got their baby or whatever it was, and you didn't get it? But when you can be humble and you know God's going to lift you up eventually, he's on your side, you can celebrate someone else. And it may come from a like, ooh, I'm happy for you, you know. Because <laughs> genuinely you are, but you know what, sometimes just say the words. I've learned women, you know, uh, there's so much competition with women, and with that comes so much insecurity with women. Most women are all insecure. And I've gone places where maybe I was underdressed, I wasn't, all the other women were really, you know, dressed up nicer, and I, I didn't get the memo or whatever, and they're looking really beautiful, and all of a sudden I'm feeling fat and frumpy or whatever. And you know what I learned? I will walk up to the woman, and I will say, you look so beautiful tonight. Gosh, you look so gorgeous. That dress is so pretty. What am I doing? I'm getting out of my vulnerability. I'm getting out of feeling that I feel yucky. I'm going to celebrate the women. The very thing that's trying to make me feel ugly, I'm going to celebrate. You ever had that ugly girl in your life that just is, she's pretty on the outside but ugly on the inside? And I will just confront that thing. You know what? You are so beautiful. And she's like, oh, really? (laughs) Just start melting or whatever, you know? I'm like... That was a courtesy compliment. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I can do this with the Wednesday crowd. Y'all are crazy. So humility is what? It celebrates others. It treats others with respect. Humility asks for help. Humility recognizes their limits. You recognize As a pastor of this church, man, I know my limits, and that's why I go to everybody else who can make this church amazing. I'm not going to be prideful and think I have to build the church on my own. How could God ever bless something like that? Recognize the talents and the abilities other people surround them around you. They will make you look good at the end of the day. Amen? All right, so God wants us to be humble, amen? If you look at John, I don't think I have the scripture, but John 4, we talked about the woman at the well. You know the story. This is a woman who was ashamed to go at the normal time all the women went to the well. She went at the heat of the day, embarrassed. She had many men in her life. We don't know her lifestyle, if she was a prostitute or whatever, but she went to a place where she was ashamed, and who showed up on the scene? Jesus did. Jesus showed up in her pit, in her shame. Nobody wanted her. The other women put her to shame. But Jesus said, I was going to go here, but I need to go to the heart of a woman who is showing humility. I know this woman. If I can fill her with living water, I will change the city. And guess what? When Jesus called her out and says, yeah, you're right. You don't have one man, but you've had many. And you know what? She didn't yell at Jesus. She goes, you're right. You're right. She was teachable. She was humble. And Jesus said, I'm not going to give you that thing that makes you thirsted over and over again. I'm going to give you a piece of me. I'm going to give you my living water, daughter. You'll never crave another man inappropriately. You'll never look in another direction. You'll never have other desires because I, the great I am, is going to fill you up today. And I'm going to use you for my glory. I'm going to use your shame to win my name to a city. Amen. And revival busted out because why? Jesus will meet the humble of heart. 
It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus is showing up at your door. He wants to promote you, lift you up, and give you favor. Amen. I've seen so many marriages that the second time around are like the God-ordained, blessed, sanctified marriages. Amen. So if you've gone through a brokenness and a divorce, get ready for the great one to come in your life. Amen. Have an expectancy. It doesn't matter if there was a failure. God has his very best in store for your life. Amen. So whatever's holding you back, step up and receive what God has. Okay, let me find out where I'm at. All right. So um, Jesus showed up. So maybe you need to overcome a a rising up from sickness or disease or poverty or even um, uh, racial problems in the world we live in today and the color of your skin. And there are limitations in this sick world that we live in. It's so sad that we're in almost 2020 and we still have prejudice in this world today. But you know what? It doesn't matter when God's on your side. God isn't concerned about that. He will favor you even with the color of your skin, amen? He will favor you if you had no education. He will favor you if you were abused. God is on our side. He is not a respecter of persons, so quit lining your lineup with even our ethnicity. No, I have the favor of God, and God's going to use man to promote me because he's on my side. Doesn't matter what my credit score looked like. None of that matters when God is on your side, amen? And God loves you. All right, so what do we have? We, I, I kind of want to wrap this up, but we find another example in the word David. You know, David, he was a shepherd, and he was out in the field. And we know the story. When Samuel came to anoint the next king, they didn't even give him the memo. He said, Eli, get all your, not Eli, but what was his dad's name again? His name just blew my head. Oh, my gosh. Jeff, thank you. Jesse, it's a, get all your sons together, Jesse. Get them all around, and one of your sons are going to be chosen as king. But you know, David wasn't even included. He was out in the stinky field with the sheep. And I don't know, maybe he got word of it. Maybe he heard of this party coming. He's probably waiting any day. Where's my special delivery? Where's my invite to the party? But he wasn't invited. But you know what David did? He worshiped God anyway. He wrote psalms and he praised God in his despair and in his brokenness and when men was against him and when men was for him. And God knew where David was at in that dirty, stinking field. He knew when to find him when it was time to anoint him as king. God knows where to find you. You may feel hidden. You may feel overlooked. You may feel like on the back burners, but God knows your location. God has a GPS of heaven to find you when it's time. I've always told the Lord that he knows where 949 East Bell Road is. That's the address of the church, by the way, just so you all know. Not the car wash over there. God knows where faith builders sit. And when it is time for the lid to be lifted for revival, he will shine by his spirit. Amen. He knows your home address. He knows what car you drive. He knows how to find you when man may go no, no, no. But when God is time to say yes, no man can stop what God is about to do. Amen. Amen. Psalms 40 verse 2 says this, he brought me out of this horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock and established my going. God's going to reach down. He's going to pull you up. Amen. Whatever situation you find yourself in. If you read uh, Psalms 24, and I believe I have this for the team, it says this, Psalm 24 verse 7, lift up your heads. Quit looking down in despair. 
Quit being discouraged. Quit being emotional. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. What is God saying? Lift up your eyes unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Get it off of everything else and get him on Jesus. Keep on going with that verse, sweetheart. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle, amen? God's gonna fight your battle for you. God is on your side. Let's keep going. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Lift up you everlasting doors and the king of glory shall come in. What is that scripture verse saying? It says, we're not going backwards. But what's it say? But I'm going up. I'm going up. Remember that old song? Going up to the high places. How many of you remember that? We're going up to the high places. Okay. Oldie but goody. But what are we going to do? We're going up. I'm not going backwards. I'm going up to Jesus. Amen. We've been liberated from the bondage and we've been taken to a place we've never been before. We're going on to promotion. Why? Because Jesus already won the war. Number three, really quick. Man, um, God can promote you when man can't or won't. Thank you. God can promote you when man can't or he won't. Let me give this scripture verse to you really quick. Psalms 75. I got three minutes. Lift not up your horn on high. Don't be prideful. Not with a stiff neck, right? Don't be frustrated. Don't be worried grinding your teeth. Why? For promotion neither comes from the east nor the west nor from the south. Where does promotion come from? The north. The Lord. The, but God is the judge he puts down one and he setteth up another. Quit looking to your friends, quit looking to your boss, quit looking to your job, quit looking to your past. Look up to Jesus. He is the one who is about to favor you in your life. Humble yourself, amen? God can do things that no man can ever do in your life, amen? All right, number four, let me close with this. Expect a promotion. Expect it. I'm going to close with this verse, Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Not later, not tomorrow, not when it gets better. Arise, shine. Have your joy, have your peace, have your excitement, celebrate, worship God. Tomorrow you need to get up, run around your house with shouts of joy, amen. Run around your, your neighborhood and say, God, I thank you, I praise you, the joy is back in my life, and you are gonna cause your favor to shine in my life, amen. Amen, give the Lord a great big praise tonight. Amen, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Father, we thank you for the favor and the promotion in every one of our lives. We thank you, God, that you right now are making a way where there seems to be no way. God, your hand of delivery is being extended to so many homes in this house. Whatever they have need of, God, we reach out and receive by faith. We say yes, Lord. We receive that favor that surrounds us as with a shield. We are not beat down anymore. We're not discouraged 
discouraged anymore. We're not defeated anymore, Father God, but we're going to arise and shine. God, I just see the Lord stirring up the gift of faith in your heart. So just pray in the Holy Spirit or, or receive this tonight. Just receive this word. God, we receive that you are shining in our life. Father God, you are giving us favor. You are giving us joy. Give us the heart of expectation, the gift of faith. God, we're not going to look at what we see. We're not going to look at the opinions of man, but God, we're going to lift up our eyes unto you, Jesus, and we're not going to be distracted. We're not going to look to the left or the right and let anybody get us out of your will, but God, we're going to receive right now, receive the promotion, pull us out of this pit, out of this miry clay, God, and set us up on the rock, the firm foundation. Lord, we give you glory, we give you praise, we give you honor, we say thank you well in advance. We say thank you in advance for what you are doing in the realm of our lives, of our church, and of our community. Father, we praise you, we give you glory. There's anyone here tonight that needs to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you just to repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins. Come into my heart, be my Lord, be my Savior, and I receive everything you have in my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here tonight and you said that prayer, pull out the I Choose card, fill it out for a minute. If you need a Bible, bring your card up here. We want to bless you with a free Bible and a little information about your walk in Jesus. Amen? All right. I love you all so much. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday, part two of I Quit.